You guys know there's nothing I love more in this life than fading the public when betting. But I think specifically the sport of football is where it is most effective and even more specifically than that, the NFL. Uh, it's the most bet on sport in the world. Well, in America, right? Soccer is the most bet on sport in the world. Tennis actually a close second. But the lines are so influenced by, you know, the multi tens of millions of American adults who are betting on the NFL this year. And that number is going to keep exponentially growing as each state slowly, but surely not Minnesota gets to legalize gambling. Um, so I love one fading the public public loves favorites. I love plus money line underdogs. The NFL showed you on Sunday, um, you know, but I, you know, I love sports so much. I'm fading the public in every sport. And I'm always, you know, college football, college basketball too, is a nightmare because I'm, I'm following all these games regardless if I'm betting or not. But since I'm following all of them and I like to bet, if I think I've got an edge on a side, I'm going to bet it. A lot of people don't like totals. I don't stray away from totals either. I, I like just watching games regardless. And, uh, I, I think it's awesome. Just the ways, different ways you can follow a game inside the game with the explosion of sports betting. I went like dead even this weekend. I actually had an okay weekend thanks to a nice Sunday, um, despite having well over 100 bets because it was like, you know, you're up some, you're down some. You're, there's too much to bet on. College football's here. The NFL's here. September baseball. Uh, you name it. I'm on it. Soccer's in full swing. I love it. Uh, the Colts had absolutely no shot in Jacksonville. You knew this. Why? I told you. As soon as Michael Pittman Jr. got ruled out Schefter breaks the news kind of early in the weekend no shot no shot people are still going yeah I saw Pittman uh but it's the Colts it's Jacksonville I go I'm just warning you I'm warning you this is a trap Colts minus three is a total trap and my god the Colts got blanked by Jacksonville who was Matt Ryan gonna throw to they can't you know he's he's holding on to the ball because they can't protect him Matt Ryan he's holding on to because he's got no one to throw to Pittman Jr's gone Paris Campbell had one target he couldn't shake his one defender to get open Mo Ali Cox can't catch a touchdown uh you name it it was it was terrible uh my goodness they had no shot Matt Ryan I'm like it's looking brutal my man like I think you're a surefire lock for a Hall of Fame are you going to be remembered like Brady Rogers and all these other guys? No, you're going to be more remembered than Philip Rivers. And unfortunately, a little bit of that is because 28 three is always going to be attached to you. But, you know, it's looking like age is catching up to everyone except Tom Brady. Uh, if Tom Brady outlasts Matt Ryan, that is going to something's wrong there. Meanwhile, Tom Brady is looking like he's not even eaten in the last month. If you see him at press conferences and then if you see him on the field, he's been a total fantasy bust. Uh, at least he's winning. He finds ways to win. He's been doing that his whole career. Buccaneers 2-0, yet Brady's been an absolute dud fantasy-wise. Um, so is Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, I tried to warn people who were betting on the Colts. Yikes. Uh, it was bad. Chiefs are probably going to absolutely destroy them in Indy for the home opener. Now, Chiefs, obviously, the huge public side. Colts haven't had a home game. Colts haven't covered a game yet. It's all lining up to Colts winning against Kansas City, but with my luck this year as a sports fan with my specific teams, it's probably going to be 40-3. to three. Um, Speaking of the Chiefs, they get the win back on Thursday. Chargers get the cover. And that's one of those where it's like, come on, that money, money line should have cashed for the Chargers, but we'll take the uh, three and a half. That's money there. Um, you know, some of the craziness from Sunday, Jets and Dolphins, who I both had money lines. No, they had no business winning. Neither team had no business winning that game. Uh, and they both come in shock 
the favored side. My goodness, that was insane. Uh, the the crazy, the Vegas trap game of the week was certainly the Patriots. People are going, Patriots favored at Pittsburgh. They showed you why. Trubisky, everyone's celebrating him in week one. Look how the Bengals look now. That week one win doesn't look so strong. Patriots, uh, all of a sudden losing to the Dolphins doesn't look too bad either. Uh, so that was where Vegas had the right team favored. Public still hammered the, Chief, uh, the Chiefs, the Steelers, and they got destroyed. Um, well, they got destroyed money-wise, but it was just a three-point game. Terrible game. My goodness, that was you know, 31 total points. Time to worry about the Rams. Time to worry about the Bengals. Rams beat the Falcons. Uh, you know, the crazy game Cardinals had no business beating the Raiders. That was a shock, uh, you know, coming back from down that much Raiders can't catch a break. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like what the Rams almost gave it all the way to the Falcons. Um, despite Cordero Patterson, not doing anything, Kyle Pitts, not doing anything more on that. in just a bit, as we recap the fantasy weekend, um, but, you know, near disaster late versus the Falcons, the Rams, a, a quiet one and one, a no show against the Bills, and then they nearly blow it. They blow their cover against the Falcons, um, but they limp in. Cooper Cooper Cup's been incredible, right? He's been your fantasy uh, go-to so far. You drafted him in the first three picks. He has paid off in two games so far. Another two touchdowns in the win. But Rams fans, maybe an uneasy one and one going into week three. Um how about the 0-2 Bengals? Death taxes and Cooper Rush. I told you on Ricky Larson's podcast this past week, again, we do the lucky bets every week where I come on, kind of break down the lines for him and uh, for his audience as well, pick a little games. We do some props, uh, good stuff over there as well. And he obviously comes on here and gives you great fantasy advice uh, for who to start. Uh, we answered the biggest headlines of the week. That's a weekly segment that people have enjoyed and we'll keep on doing that throughout the season. Um this was the easiest money of the weekend, Cowboys money line. Everyone's thinking, oh, there goes Dak. All right, there's no way that an NFL team with a really good defense against the Bengals, who just lost, and oh, but they were a Super Bowl. Everyone loves Joe Burrow. That's going to be an easy blowout. Cowboys, no sweat winner. Um, you know, they can't keep Burrow upright. That that offensive line's a bunch of turnstiles. And it's a shame. He's been sacked, I think I saw, six to- three times, six times in the last six games, something astronomical. Uh, you know, crazy. Bengals go into Jerry's world and lose. You know, Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, those guys were feasting. Anthony Barr, you know, a low-key signing for the Cowboys. Like, that defense still plays, and anyone can win in the NFL any given week. That killed a lot of people in Survivor this week, as, again, it was a week of carnage. I picked the Packers in one, uh, the big survivor that's moving on the one I won last year. Again, I lost <laughs> last year. I had the Mulligan used week one, went on to win the whole thing this year. I've got the Mulligan used week one, uh, hoping I could go on another run. My other smaller survivor pool. I went giants, got a little riskier there and it paid off. Panthers stink. Matt rule stinks. Baker Mayfield stinks. David Tepper, worst owner in sports. And there's a lot of them. Let me tell you, we'll talk about the twins later in baseball. Um, Giants 2-0, Panthers 0-2. Good thing the Niners brought back Jimmy G, huh? Uh, damn, you, sorry to see an injury happen to anyone, and especially, you know, Trey Lance, too, one of the fa- you know quarterbacks that are the faces of the league, and he's a young hope-to-be superstar. 
Uh, looks like he's done for the year. So again, we're going to have the Niners and Jimmy G running it back, right? Uh, as that should be a playoff team. You know, Jimmy G gave you what Jimmy G gets you. He beats a terrible team. Defense plays as they destroy the lesser side. And, you know, seven yards down the field at a time, good completion percentage, maybe throws a, you know, horrible interception here come playoff time. But that's what you're going to get with that Niners team year in and year out again, as Trey Lance is done for the year. But I've got a question. Are Niner fans a little slightly relieved? You know, you're not rooting for an injury ever. But is it kind of like, okay, the Lance experiment, albeit such a tiny sample size, didn't look great in the, you know, monsoon that was Chicago last week. And then, you know, how was he doing the limited time he looked against the Seahawks? He's done. You got Jimmy G. You know what you get with him. You've gotten to a Super Bowl with him before. You've gotten to the playoffs deep with him before. Uh, obviously, multiple times. Were they? Was there a little bit of an exhale, which was like, okay, well, at least we we feel a little bit. We know what our floor is for the 49ers. You didn't really know with Jimmy G. You didn't really know what the floor could be with Trey Lance. And again, it was early, but it wasn't looking to. He wasn't quite passing the sniff test uh early on for Niner fans I feel like so you know we'll see how that plays in going throughout the season Jimmy G taking over Trey Lance injured Niner fans where are we at with that let me know in the comments uh Broncos in for a reality check over the last two weeks like I told you Russell Wilson I wasn't high on them Broncos I weren't high on them uh and Russ has been bad he's been bad again Broncos O-line terrible like the Seahawks O-line was when Russ was there in his final year um, you know, and he's, he's completing barely over 50% of his passes. It's been bad. And he hasn't faced anyone. The Texans and the Seahawks wait until he faces a real team. Um, yeah, not been good for Broncos nation. Uh, just they, they're one and one, you know, they got the win versus the Texans, but I'd be a little bit worried, uh, before we start saying Russ is going to take the division for us. Look at the chiefs early on. They look like Super Bowl contenders yet again. Uh, and then lastly, yeah, the Cardinals had no business winning that game in Vegas. Crazy. Kyler Murray's up all weekend playing COD, the new COD release, and he's still down 20 nothing. He he finally woke up, right? He stayed up too late, a little groggy in the first half. Then he, was, then he got going, right? He woke up in the second half. That's all he needed. He beat the lowly Raiders. Raiders can't catch a break. Devontae Adams, where have you been? Uh, at least this week. He popped off last week. No show this week. And uh, then the Packers humble the Bears as usual. How did the, I didn't even watch that game because I know exactly what I, every, that game happens every single year, twice a year. It's, you know, low scoring, well under the total, and the Packers just cruise. How did the Bears only throw it eleven times total in the entire game? I don't understand that. Uh, but Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears yet again. That's your NFL week recap. All right, let's talk fantasy football. Uh, didn't have a good daily fantasy week. Lineup was pretty much a dud. Um, Saquon came back down to earth. Stafford was fine. I had Daniel Jones, who was not fine. Um, you know, but fantasy for the season, I think I swept all seven of my leagues, which was good. So, booms, busts of the week. Quarterback, Flacco. Joe Flacco. Brown stink. Uh, Captain comeback, Joe Flacco. He's still doing it. Flacco and Matt Ryan were the two quarterbacks drafted. Flacco went before Matt Ryan, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Delaware quarterback. Those two, one's got a Super Bowl, the other doesn't. But Matt Ryan, I think, arguably had the better career playing-wise. Jared Goff, Detroit fans, stand up. Uh, and how about Wentz again, that same game? I, I, You know, everyone picked him up. Everyone's screaming him this week. 
I'm thinking, my God, he had like zero points through a quarter. I'm like, of course, of course. And then he explodes again. Um, still a top five quarterback. Crazy bust. We just talked about it. Brady again. I, I'd be looking at the waiver wire if you got Brady as your starter in fantasy. I got to tell you that much. Running back such a fickle position. Uh, pretty much the usual suspects. Tony Pollard making Zeke look irrelevant. I've got I sent Zeke to the bench in two of my leagues, and that was a good choice. Pollard, you know, he, he had a good game. But again, look at look at the running backs, you know, and you had Aaron Jones and someone else who went off, Chubb who went off. But then the drop off from those guys who put up the points is stark. And then you go to the receiver position, and you're like, holy! Look at all the different people putting up, exploding the the running back numbers, the scoring and PPR for receiver. It's crazy what's happened. Um, wide receiver Hill and Waddle both go for forty burgers on the same team. <laughs> God, uh, St. Brown for the just behind him, uh, thirty nine for the, the Lions. That's looking like a great draft pick. If you took him early in fantasy, Garrett Wilson, he's been on my bench for two weeks. Pops, uh, Joe Flacco, huge game. Wilson benefited from that. He had 30, making things interesting if I possibly start him. How about that same rookie receiving class? Drake London, a huge game for Atlanta. Aguilar sighting. You don't know who to play for the Patriots. Receiver, running back. Usually the defense is the only one setting the stone for the Patriots week in, week out. Aguilar, huge game. It's an Amari Cooper sighting. Christian Kirk earning that contract against the Colts. He had a huge day. Gold rush position. Your flexes should be loaded re- receivers. That's the end of the running back era. <clears throat> Busts. Devontae. Where were you? Jamar Chase. Shut down by Trevon Diggs. And again, if you can't keep Burrow upright, if he's having to throw less than three seconds from hiking the ball, it's going to be hard to find your deep threat receiver in Jamar Chase. Um, so that is the boom bust, uh, position for receiver lots there. And in tight end, not much here, such a weak position. Mark Andrews finally stepped up. It's Andrews. It's Kelsey. Andrews finally does his thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little, uh, frog in my throat. I dropped Mike Gusecki. Of course he was TE four this week. Great. However, good thing. I picked up TE number six, Gerald Everett for the chargers. Uh, we got to talk about Kyle Pitts. I am wearing my Falcon shirt. What was I going to do? Get rid of it? I supported the team for a dozen years, and it's soft as all hell. Where is Kyle Pitts? Where is he? Two games. Everyone, I'm seeing guys draft him in round five, round four, round six. He is a high fantasy draft pick this year. Here is his stat line through two games. He has a total of four receptions for 38 yards. Here's the even funnier part. He has identical lines in two different games. Two receptions for 19 yards. What is it? He just got two button hooks in the playbook that they go to each game. Uh, I think he misses Matt Ryan a little bit. On the other side of things, I think Matt Ryan also misses Kyle Pitts a little bit uh, because he's throwing to fucking Mo Alley Cox. Uh, and Paris Campbell is getting targeted once. Uh, Kyle Pitts, where are you at? Are you going to start him this week? Uh, is he down to a flex position for you? It's a weak tight end group position. Guy you should be able to bank on, and he has been unbankable thus far two weeks through the season. Hey, at least you get another, uh, let's see, 3.9 points for him next week if he keeps up his current his current pace. Um, all right, let's preview Monday Night Football. I think the Titans keep things close tonight. I'm fading the public. Titans, again, losing to the Giants. 
Giants are 2-0. and uh, Bills destroy the Rams. Rams nearly gave it up to the Falcons. I think 10 is way too much. If you want to tease it, I'm also a proponent of that. Um, I could see the Titans even outright winning this game because what's the theme of this episode? It's plus NFL money line underdogs, uh, even on the road. And then in Philly, total coin flip for me. I'm not a believer in either of these teams. I could see the Vikings winning. I could see Philly winning at home. I don't think it's going to mean much. Yes, these are they playoff teams? Yes. Are they going to do anything in the playoffs? I don't think so. And I think they're fringe playoff teams too. But so far, they're making me eat my words. And at least one of those two teams is going to be an undefeated 2-0 and after tonight. Um, let's look ahead. I've got two teams to bet on for week three, a bet you should make sometime early in the week. You know what? You should make it today for NFL week three coming up this Sunday. Looking ahead, I like the Bears at home. They just beat the Niners there handedly as underdogs cash that. Texans are coming to town. I think people are high on the Texans from covering against the Colts and covering against the Broncos, right? As they are only plus two and a half away road dogs and the public already flocking to them. They think they're going to cover three straight. I say not so fast, my friend. Green Bay always decimates the Bears. They're at Lambeau, Chicago, coming back home. You get them at a short line. I think this is going to be the Bears by a touchdown. They're minus two and a half right now. Public loving the Texans. I'll take the Bears there at home. Texans, nothing special to me. I think Justin Fields has a big bounce back, and that team gets it done at home. The reason I'm telling you to get this today is because minus two and a half is super key. If the Bears win by a field goal, say this goes to OT, Bears walk it off, field goal, crazier things have happened in the NFL. You're cashing your bet here by grabbing it today. That's my first of two bets for NFL Week 3 to grab today. And I've been shitting on the Broncos. Uh, They haven't covered a game yet, but I actually love this upcoming spot here in home, prime time, at home in prime time, that is, as everyone and their mother is slamming the Jimmy Garoppolo-led 49ers because they beat beat the team that beat them, right, Seahawks, uh, whatever whatever and then they you know they destroyed the Seahawks right uh whatever whatever I see the Broncos at home looking for their first cover of the year undefeated at home mind you even though they didn't cover against the Texans and the Niners couldn't beat the lowly Bears on the road now I know a different quarterback but a couple of Jimmy G interceptions are all we need and you are getting the Broncos at home as a dog that's a tough place to play i'll tell you i'll take the slightly chiller temperatures as we get closer to october in the high altitude of denver and i like them to take that outright at home they're plus one right now so if you want to grab that do so uh you know i think that the denver broncos are going to win that outright sunday night football uh, Russell Wilson's going to shine. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to fall away. You know, I still have question marks with this 49er team for sure. After we just saw what the bears did, but again, Hey, two teams, I I'm all situational spots and I'm all fading the public. I like the bears at home and I like a home underdog in the Broncos. Nobody talking about that's a tough place to play 49ers due for a road dud. They did so in Chicago, not in prime time. Imagine what it's going to be in prime time as well. Night game as it gets a little chillier. It ain't San Fran. I'll tell you that much in the mile high city. So those are my two teams to bet on for week three in the NFL. I'm keying in on the bears at home and minus two and a half. So you get that possibly by a field goal win. And in Denver plus one right now, I'm taking their money line. 
All right, let's go to the college ranks. There are 32 undefeated teams remaining in the nation. How about the Syracuse stunner that toasted my under in Syracuse? I had Purdue, you know, create, there was a pass interference call. I didn't exactly agree with Syracuse walks it off. They're undefeated. Um, and it's been pretty good for head coach Dino Babers, who's been there for a while, has seen some great teams at Syracuse, right? The surprise teams, also seen some lowly teams. They're undefeated so far. They're 3-0 hosting Virginia. That's probably be 4-0. Uh, Minnesota, Gopher Nation. They thump Colorado. Uh, I was I got a call to be like the spotter. You know, like Joe Buck always talks about his spotter for like football, like the announcer has a guy who basically points to a roster. Uh, for he has binoculars, he points to a roster for the guy that made the tackle, right? Uh, people, if it's a known no name receiver, not the usual suspects, you could put po- you know, point to that. You basically help the broadcaster. I got offered to do that for Colorado. I guess they had a guy, you know, their team is terrible this year. Maybe they had a guy that, that didn't make the travel, but I ended up having to work and had to turn it down. Would have been cool, but it was also a crap game and i also would have rather been the broadcaster but you know hey if i had nothing else going on i would have done it in a heartbeat because i'm a sports fan then i would have ate that up i've never been to tcf bank so that would have been cool but minnesota that's the kind of thing i'm trying to get around here is that they're undefeated they've got a test you know they've beaten everyone okay sometimes they've lost a bowling green before all right so they pass you know the first cupcake part of their schedule now they're at michigan state as three-point road favorites after Michigan State just got trampled by Washington, say it with me, guys, trap game. Michigan State at home, big time. I'm keying in on that. All right, yep, let let me have it. I was already writing my will for Boston College to lose at home to Maine. Uh, to Maine. We didn't cover, shocker. I mean, we were losing at one point in the first quarter. I'm thinking, I'm working, I'm just, you know, just following the game. I don't even know if it was on TV, if I could have watched it. I'm thinking, my God, of course this is about to happen. I, I never bet against my team ever, any of my teams. I was looking for a main money line. I was looking pregame for a main m- money line. Couldn't find one, and I guess luckily didn't. So BC wins, Uh, you know. It's Maine. I, I don't know what to take away from this. Jerkovic looked good. Uh, you know, they weren't really trying to show any of the playbook in the second half. Uh, the punter, you know, a couple of weird things happen. Weird things happen to Boston College. They punt, they fumble, they throw key interceptions in poor timing situations. You know, I think Vegas is telling me something here with Florida State this weekend Saturday night game down in Tallahassee. That's where they're at, right? Yeah, the Florida Capitol. Minus 16 and a half. Oh, man. It might be the first time I am confident in a Boston College line this week. But they're also so public, so maybe they are just going to get blown out. I don't know. But at least I. this is what they do. They beat Maine, and they get me slightly back to, can we beat this team? 16 and a half point underdogs. I don't believe it. I think that's way too big of a line, but who knows? We couldn't even cover against Maine. Um, you know, we won comfortably yet uncomfortably at the same time. Look ahead spot for Florida State. This is the only thing where I'm like, ah, you know, Arkansas got caught in the look ahead spot as they're traveling to Texas AM this week. They barely got by a Missouri State. Um, is this a look ahead spot for Florida State as they host Wake Forest the next week? Um, uh, Wake Forest has got Clemson this week. They had a look ahead spot in which Liberty came to town, almost outright beat them as 16 and a half point dogs. Uh, but now they get Clemson. 
not a look at spot for Wake Forest, right? They're dead set on Clemson coming in this week. But Florida State seeing 16 and a half. BC looks terrible this year. They're looking at Wake as Florida State's one of these undefeated teams. Do they get caught with their pants down, so to speak, by looking ahead too much over BC in a apparently down year, right? I mean, it's not looked good on tape. I'll tell you that much. Um, so that's my low hope. But if they're the public side, they're toast. They're absolutely toast. All right, let's continue running through the rest of the college football schedule this week. As really nothing, you know, it's Georgia, Alabama. This we know, but let's take a look at some of the undefeated teams and who they got this week. Maryland is at Michigan. Uh, those are Michigan's minus 17. Clemson, I mentioned, at Wake Forest, plus seven and a half. This line has already moved a full touchdown towards Wake Forest since it opened, and it's non public support. Wake Forest, are they going to do this or is it at least going to be? I mean, it was plus 14. Now it's plus seven and a half. That's crazy. The line came out yesterday. Keep an eye on that one. It might be Wake Forest's uh, season in the ACC because Clemson doesn't, you know, as long as DJ's in at quarterback, that's a docile team. You know, that's obviously a contending. That's a top five team, but they're a docile top five team uh, where the ACC, I think, smells blood in the water there. And Wake Forest is a team that can certainly do something. At home, I think Vegas, well, at least the Sharps, right? I imagine Sharps are hammering this line early because they think it's going to be at least a real close game at Wake's place. Um, You know, just mentioned the look-ahead spots for Wake Forest and Arkansas uh, this past week, but they both get in and out with victories. That's all you can ask for. Baylor at Iowa State. Iowa State undefeated. I wasn't high on them this year. Um, This is a test. They are 3-0, and they are favored, according to Vegas, to go to 4-0, minus 2.5 at home against Baylor. Baylor lost to BYU. BYU just got destroyed by Oregon. Um, TCU at SMU is a pick um that's an interesting one there's tcu's undefeated how about this duke duke and ku you got ku fans thinking they're about to you know go national champs in hoops and football but hey this asu transfer Jaden daniels right i think is his name this dude can play kansas three and oh they're minus nine at home versus duke duke also a surprise three and oh probably gonna beat boston college like syracuse is gonna be boston college yikes um, but it was almost a bounce back week for the ACC as they showed, Hey, you know what? We got some teams. They won some games this weekend. Duke KU is my interesting game of the week. I'm going to be paying attention to, I wonder if my dad even knows KU is like a surprise three. You know, he loves KU basketball. He knows KU football stunk, except for that Todd racing year when they went to the orange bowl. Uh, we doing some things here. Rock chalk UCLA should have lost to South Alabama. I was about to cash that plus eight fifty money line ticket. Uh, UCLA walk-off field goal. They're at Colorado this week. They should stay undefeated. Florida should have lost to USF. I was about to cash a 12.50 money line ticket. Um, they have a uh, USF had a field goal to tie and they missed it. Uh, and they probably uh, bats. They should have probably won the game by a walk-off touchdown. Bad snap, forced the field goal, and they missed it. Notre Dame barely gets by Cal. I mean, good God, that was the easiest money ever. Cal spread. Um. They're at North Carolina, North uh, Notre Dame minus one at North Carolina. UNC is three and zero. The public's all over them. They don't look that good. They're like a soft three and zero. You know, is this? A, I think this might be a great spot to take a more talented roster in Notre Dame here. Uh, short line. It's in. Uh, what is this? Oh, short line in Notre Dame. I thought it was at Notre Dame. Nope. So that's a short line for Notre Dame. I like it. 
Uh, just need New Canaan, Connecticut's own Drew Pine uh, to play better and limit turnovers. He went viral for his offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, lighting him up on the sideline in the old landline kind of quarterback phone up to the booth. Um, and then let's see here, uh, Florida at Tennessee. Two under, uh, so Tennessee's undefeated, Tennessee minus 11. People overreacting a little bit there. Um, we'll see some interesting lines. Indiana undefeated, kind of a surprise undefeated as they just squeak by Western Kentucky. They're at Cincinnati. Vegas has them losing. Cincinnati overwhelming favorites, minus 17 and a half. James Madison, first year in Division One football, or right, or not Division One, but FBS. Uh, all right, two and oh, they're at App State. App State just had a walk-off Hail Mary to avoid disaster against Troy. App State favored minus eight at home. Oregon at Washington State. Washington State undefeated. They beat Wisconsin already. They're going to take out the Ducks plus six and a half. Vegas keeping that thing close. That might be to play. Arkansas at AM. This will be one to watch. Andy Stoops hoping his team could stay undefeated. This would be a marquee win. Minus two and a half in favor of the Aggies right now. And all right, Rutgers. You guys barely got by Temple. I was going to laugh so hard if you lost the Temple. You would have been right there with BC. Um, but you get by. You don't cover. Your first true test. You're plus seven and a half at home as Iowa comes to town. Tulane upsets Kansas State. Kansas State at Oklahoma. See, that's where the public was coasted to a victory, right? Overwhelming on Oklahoma, and they overwhelmed Nebraska without Scott Frost. I thought maybe Scott Frost is gone. Sometimes teams do well. When they fire their coach, regardless of sport, uh, I guess not regardless to the Husker athletic program. That team, that program just flat out stinks. Uh, is it wrong for me to like the Wildcats at Oklahoma plus 13? You know, coming off the loss, everyone's going to be on Oklahoma again after they just covered. Uh, Kansas State has won this game before in recent history. I don't know. Kind of like a bounce back there for the Wildcats. And uh, let's see, Tulane, they're minus 12 and a half undefeated. They're at home against Southern Mississippi. Ohio State minus 17 and a half. They welcome in the Badgers. That's going to be so public, but that seems a little short, right? Ohio State should destroy Wisconsin. USC looks good. Can they keep the SoCal cover train? Keep on choo-chooing. Uh, Oregon State plus six and a half at home. USC comes to town. What's going on with that line? Battle of two undefeateds. Six and a half for the Beavers? Um, again, I imagine everyone the mother's going to be on USC. And in Stanford at number eight, Wash number 18, Washington, the Huskies making their top 25 debut after disposing of the Spartans. Um, and then uh like that, those were the two, those were two lines where sharp money was moving towards Washington. That one paid off against Michigan State, but then sharp money was all over Mississippi State on the road at LSU. Looked good early. And then LSU came back and won that. So uh, Vegas, or there will be 28 teams undefeated because a couple of teams are playing each other. Vegas is telling you there will be 22 teams left out of the 32 entering this week. Well, I'll go even further and say there will only be 17 undefeated teams left. I think we're in for some more carnage. And I say it every single week. Nothing has changed. Georgia will be your SEC champs after beating Alabama. But then Alabama will come back and beat Georgia in the national title game and the favorites get revenge and win the title. All right, let's talk major league baseball here. Corbett's corner. Good to be back. And obviously a lot to get to. Oh man. I tell you, I just absolutely destroyed a Chili's playing hamburger and fries. All right. Where was I? 
Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes, baseball. All right, give or take, you know, 14 to 16 games left in the MLB season. Twins Goose is cooked, cooked. Um, see a Rocco Baldelli, get rid of the GM, sell the team. Paul ads have been terrible owners. Uh, I'll turn that team into champion for you. All right. This is my, this is my official, sorry, there's still some chilies in there. This is my official application to you, the poll ads, I guess, if you want to hold on to your team, I, bring me in, I'll make that team a winner. You know, I I've won many championships on MLB, the show, uh, come on, you know, what? I I've got you. This is my official application. Cause whatever you've been doing ain't working. I got to tell you that much. Other than that, the Mets brave uh, Braves race for the NL East is still on fire. Mets have Milwaukee and Oakland this week. Braves have Nats and Phillies. Uh, and then will the Yankees hold on on the other side of New York City? Five and a half and six. That's their respective games. They lead the Jays and the Rays by. Yanks have Pirates in Boston this week. Uh, the Jays have Phillies and the Rays. So the Rays Rays have a tough stretch. You know, they're my pick for the AL East and the AL. Uh, they've got the Astros and the Jays. So either they could really announce themselves or slide. And then look at the other thing. You know, the Yankees could luck out if the Jays and Rays kind of like split or beat up on each other 3-1 in their four-game set. Uh, but what if the Jays is going on a tear and the Yankees falter? Uh, buckle up. So that's what to look for this week in the MLB. Paul Goldschmidt, you know, I think he's going to be the MVP going away for the NL. He needs one final push for the NL Triple Crown because uh, it looks like in the homer department, he's going to lose to Schwarber. But the RBI is in striking distance of Pete Alonso. Uh, he's got the average. All of a sudden, Aaron Judge, I mean, good God, baseball fans have had a crazy good year. It's been a jolt for these guys because uh, you got – the chase against Roger Maris for the Yankees and Aaron Judge. You know, everyone loves a guy just absolutely creeping into the 60s for home runs, 50s, 60s. Uh, you've got Goldie having a great year. And then you got Albert Pujols chasing for 700. Uh, you know, Judge might win the triple crown going away in the AL. He's got the homers, obviously. He's got the RBIs. He's two percentage points back of the triple crown for average. Uh, I think it's Xander Bogarts with 317. Judge is right there at 315. Uh, you know, and it looks like he's going to obliterate Roger Maris's record as he is now just too shy. Uh, he's one away from Ruth at 60. That's going to be a hell of a home run. When he ties Maris, going to be awesome. Two away from Maris, three away from the AL record. And 16 games left for the Yankees. Can he get to 73 bonds? I don't know. It's going to be a tall task. Pujols, two away from 700. It's been awesome for St. Louis, for baseball. I did an early Corbett's corner in April, and I was like, is this, you know, it's going to take 19, 20 homers. Can he do this? And here we are today. Seemed like a stretch at the time. All of a sudden, here we are. Eight-game road trip for the Cardinals at San Diego, at L.A., and then they're in Milwaukee for two games. If he is at 699, he's at 698 right now. If he's at 699 on Wednesday, September 28th in Milwaukee, final game of that road trip, I am going to Milwaukee. You could book that right now. Uh, then they're home for three against Pittsburgh. Is he going to do it in front of the home crowd at Bush? He only has three chances to do it there. And then they're at Pittsburgh for the final three. 14 games to get two home runs. Can Pujols do it? 
what a year, what a season for baseball. I got to tell you, it's re it's reinvigorated me as a baseball fan, uh, kind of following it. You know, I, I like going to games. Obviously I'm going to look to go to that game in Milwaukee. If history is on the precipice, uh, it's been cool. Live golf continues to make headlines. Uh, you know, here was the crazy thing I noticed this weekend. Live golf was featured on ESPN.com on a college football Saturday, like in their headlines kind of tab. Uh, ESPN has got a pretty significant partnership with the PGA Tour where they're showing a lot of holes this year uh, on their platforms on ESPN+. Plus. How did they feel about that? Uh, you know, was I the only one who noticed this? Crazy stuff. Um, you know, Cam Smith wins Live Golf Chicago, right? I was wondering if some of my Chicago buddies were going to go to that. You know, people are debating, are the crowds great? Are the crowds not great? I think it looks pretty solid. I'm not checking it out, you know, on YouTube. I'm not, like, following it, you know, as close, but I am obviously following it, and it appears that a majority of people are, not just in the golf world, but the sports world. You know, of course Cam Smith wins because, you know, he's playing a bunch of scrubs at Dustin Johnson. Is a merger inevitable in the future? Phil Mickelson wants it. He was kind of the whole spearhead of live golf. Greg Norm is the CEO of it, former PGA tour golfer, master, uh, rather major champion. Uh, Greg Norman does not, but again, he's playing hardball with the PGA tour. He's trying to be better than them. It's interesting. You know, I, it's interesting what's going on and what following what's going to happen. Something's got to give because there's rumors that John Rahm might be ditching. Are they going to grab other, I'm thinking Ricky Fowler, uh, all these guys, like, why not? No brainer, Brant Snedeker, you know, why no brainer for some of these guys to go get paid? And then eventually it's going to have to be a conversation where it's like, wait, you know, we can't have all these top guys going there, you know, because people are still watching the PGA Tour. But then again, wait a second, the PGA Tour had a crazy finish where Danny Willett three putts, he basically has a four footer to win the tournament, lips out, blows it by, has a longer putt five feet back. Lips that one out, loses in front of a stunned crowd and everyone watching. Max Homa defends. I was so close to life-changing money. Going into the final round, I was in third place out of like 24,000 people on DraftKings for this PGA Tour DK lineup. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, first place is 25 grand. I was in the five grand slot. I slid down to 30th and turned $5 into 150. Hey, that's great. But what could have been um, so Max Homa defends his title, but it's like, wait, that that was a stunning finish, you know, where it's like, oh, that happens to us regular golfers that didn't crack the headlines. You know what did Cam Smith, you know, winning it live Chicago. Something's got to give, you know, I like the PGA Tour. I'm still watching. I'm watching over live golf. But are people not like me? gonna go check out live a little bit more and it's interesting what they do you know it's like sparse tournaments here and there so when you know pga tours more times than not every single week right a long grinding season people only really care about the majors but now it's like live golf is spacing out to where you know every one of their kind of tournaments when they show up in a city is their major you know they get and they're conquering the headlines at this point um, so crazy. Something's got to give. Is there a merger happening? Live golf, putting the pressure on the PGA tour. Uh, is John Rahm the next to leave? Who's next? Cause there's going to be more as the battle wages and roars on. All right. Stacked Corbett's corner stacked week, uh, of sports as is usually the norm here during football season. So good to be back. 
bringing you the thoughts and opinions here on the uh, Corbett Sports Podcast Network, Corbett Sports Entertainment, winging it back this week as well. Hope you enjoyed last week. Uh, great stuff. I'll talk to you here shortly.